Hi, everyone. <clears throat> Hi, everyone. This is a special episode of The Vinyl Countdown. It's really, it's not The Vinyl Countdown at all. I recorded this thing I was going to do for my XO podcast. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> this fucking, I found this really retarded porn story that's, it's just all... It's like fancy and fastidious and it's got all these details about this guy flying a plane and how amazing he is at being a businessman and I thought it was just the funniest thing. So I recorded it, but the recording's all fucked up too so it sounds like an old-timey radio. But then I just put in some nice music and I was like, ah ha ha, so entertaining. And then I listened back to it and I'm like, this isn't entertaining, this is fucking boring and stupid. What the fuck did I think this made sense for? So I was like, eh, I'm not putting that out as an XO. That's terrible. And then I was like, but what am I going to do with it? And uh, then I decided I would put it out as a Vinyl Countdown. As a Vinyl Countdown special. So uh, here you go. Maybe you'll think this is entertaining. Maybe you won't. I certainly am not guaranteeing. It's a reject. It's a piece of shit. It's garbage. So uh, here's the garbage special. Enjoy. On your way out, have a slice of bitch cake and let it go straight to your dick! I don't know if you've ever heard of The Young Visitors by Daisy Ashford. It's this book that uh, this kid wrote. Daisy Ashford wrote when she was nine years old, came out in like 1919, and it's this really hilarious weird book because, uh, you know, it's got all these strange little ideas that a kid would have about what it's like to be a grown-up. It's kind of long, if I'm being honest, but it starts out really funny. And uh, that book just came back to mind because anyone who was a huge pervert and remembers the uh, internet of the late 90s, early 2000s, there was this website called White Shadows Nasty Stories, and it was like every weird thing, incest stories and zoophilia stories, and it was just like, I don't know, it was the easiest one to find. And it had normal porn stories too, it's not like, oh man, I gotta get my zoophilia stories, like I just went there to read whatever. I dabbled in all the story types. And, uh, I don't know, people that write uh, horse fucking stories, uh, they're not that good at it, or any of these stories really. But just today, in uh, the year of our Lord, 2014, I was just fucking around on my phone, and I was like, what was that old site? Like, White Shadow? And I looked around to see if I could find it, and I did. I found a, uh, a mirror of it, I guess you'd call it, an archive someone made. And I just grabbed this one story called A Daughter's Secret by Ella Jean Chadwick. Ella, I didn't realize this was written by a woman. I would have guessed a guy. But man, it reminded me of it so much of that old Victorian story because the way this story is written, man, it is awesome. It is so like proper and weird and just really, uh, I don't know, man, this is some left field shit for a porn story. I just love how uh, fastidious it is and then it still gets into weird porn stuff. So I'm going to read it. That's what this episode is going to be. If you don't like porn stories, I suggest you get the fuck off the internet, but if you do, please enjoy, <laughs> please enjoy A Daughter's Secret by Ella Jean Chadwick.
A Daughter's Secret. The following story of hetero incest is fictional and intended for entertainment only. Chapter 1 The dark and cold grabbed me and held me prisoner for a moment as the phone rang. Shaking my head to clear the cobwebs, I finally found the lamp switch and light flooded my bedroom. Taking a deep breath, I picked up the phone and heard a voice ask, Mr. Lanford, Mr. Lanford, are you awake? Pausing for a moment, I replied, Yes, this is Lanford. Who is this? No sound came from the earpiece of my phone, and I started to replace the phone in its cradle, when the voice said, Mr. Lanford, this is Sergeant Marion Street. I'm afraid I have bad news, sir. Daring not to breathe, I started to ask what this was all about. But before I could say the words, the voice went on. Mr. Lanford, your son Jeremy and your daughter-in-law Beth died in an automobile accident. Your daughter Leanne is in critical condition, but is hanging on at the present time. Do you understand, Mr. Lanford? Shaking my head and rubbing my eyes, I tried to digest what she had said but it seemed as if someone was playing a bad joke on me. I asked Sergeant Street, Sergeant, you did say Sergeant, didn't you? The voice answered, Yes, Mr. Lanford, I did. I'm calling you from Kansas City, Missouri. Mr. Lanford, your son and his wife were fatally injured in a traffic accident. Do you understand, Mr. Lanford? Shaking my head yet again, I replied, Yes. I understand. What about Leanne? What is her condition? You said she was critical. How bad is she? I heard a muffled sound as if the person speaking to me were clearing their throat. Then, Mr. Lanford, Leanne is a minor, and as the surviving relative, you must try to get here as soon as possible to give the hospital permission to do additional surgery on her. She will be taken care of until you get here, but the surgery shouldn't be put off more than a few more hours. Can you get here in a few hours, Mr. Lanford? I was becoming more awake by the second and responded, Yes, yes, of course. I'll leave here within the hour. I have an aircraft. I'll fly there directly. As soon as I can get to the airport, probably no more than two hours at most. Pausing to think, I asked, Could you have a squad car pick me up at the airport by 3.30 a.m.? Hearing what I thought to be a sigh, Yes, sir, Mr. Lanford. We'll have a car waiting on you when you arrive. Hanging up the phone, I hurriedly began dressing. I drove helter-skelter to the airport and parked next to the airport office. Rapidly, I wrote a brief note explaining where I was going and what time I expected to arrive. I would have to file my flight plan once I was airborne. Running across the open space to my hangar, I opened the large sliding doors until I was sure I had enough room to taxi out, then hurriedly did a quick and dirty walk around then slid across the cockpit and under the left control wheel, already preparing to start the engine. My mind was a whirl as I went through the start sequence. My mind was a whirl as I went through the start sequence and lowered the flaps to 20% as I flipped the switch to illuminate the darkness beyond. Minutes later, I began my takeoff run and raised the landing gear and flaps at nearly the same instant I became airborne. Reaching for my GPS, I mounted it onto my yoke and rapidly found the course 
and brought the nose up to a steep angle of attack as I climbed out of the Ohio Valley. It was then the tears began to fall and my heart finally found the time to become broken and weep as I wept in the darkness of the night sky. The two of the three people that mattered to me the most were gone forever and my daughter was going to lose her life if I didn't make greatest possible speed. It was some time before I regained my composure and could file a coherent flight plan. I noticed over my left shoulder the break of day had begun chasing the shadows of night in the east. Funny what you notice when everything is dark and times seem as dark. Leveling off at 2,800 feet, I set the prop and throttle for best possible speed, and my GPS indicated I had attained 325 miles per hour ground speed. At 3.10 a.m., I raised the KC Airport and received permission to land, slowing to just over 170 miles per hour. I entered the last leg of the landing and lowered the flaps to 25% and lowered the landing gear. I saw an emergency vehicle approaching as I taxied to the hangars. I taxied to a grassy area a little beyond them, and stopped to tie down the aircraft. Someone said, sir, sir, we'll take care of that for you. Please get in the car, the hospital is waiting on you, sir. For the next several days, I slept and ate at the hospital as my daughter struggled for her life. Slowly as the days and hours passed, she began to grow stronger. And although she had a very long way to go, she seemed strong enough to do whatever was necessary, considering what she had been through. Finally, after countless trips by plane and car on the 450-mile journey from my home to the hospital, Leanne was released to go home with me to recuperate. I had decided I would drive her home. The fall weather would have been pretty choppy, and I wasn't sure how well she could tolerate flying under those conditions. Leanne was asleep when we arrived home, so I picked her up as if she were a small child and carried her inside. I couldn't help but notice the fact that she had matured into a beautiful young woman since I had last seen her. At about 5'4 and probably 110 pounds, her breasts seemed much too large for her small frame. I felt a stirring in my loins as the thought went through my mind, but shook it off and admonished myself. She was my daughter. <laughs> Placing her on the daybed I'd gotten for her, I carefully sat her crutches close enough that she could reach them if need be. One last glance, then I turned and went into the kitchen to prepare dinner. Many days passed until Leanne could walk unaided, although she seemed to have acquired dependence for having one crutch nearby just in case she needed it. Otherwise, she seemed well able to find her way seemingly anywhere she wanted to go. Chapter 2 My wife and I had gotten a divorce last year, and Leanne had remained in her custody. After a long fight with ill health and diabetes, she had passed away suddenly last fall, leaving Leanne with the choice of finishing the school year in Missouri or coming home to live with me. Leanne had decided to stay with her older brother. I wonder why, you creep. Leanne had decided to stay with her older brother until the school year was completed the following spring. The days passed, 
I continued working long hours in my consulting business, and quite honestly, Leanne's needs grew less demanding as she managed to gain strength, and the healing process helped her to stand unaided, although scar tissue on her left leg and thigh must have bothered her. We hadn't spoken about the loss of her mother, other than my saying that I knew she missed her mother very much. I couldn't find the words to speak of Leanne's sister-in-law and my son, so we just spoke as father and daughter, about innocuous and predictable events common to us. Having lived in Kansas City for the first 15 years of her life, she had no one she knew well enough to call a friend in Denison. Her limited circle of acquaintances consisted of two young men and a young lady who accompanied their parents to my office and spent the time we were in conference idly chit-chatting, with Leanne on most occasions more or less rounded out her social life. I'm going to try that again. Her limited circle of acquaintances consisted of two young men and a young lady who accompanied their parents to my office and spent the time we were in conference idly chit-chatting with Leanne on most occasions, more or less rounding out her social life. So it was kind of an eye-opener when she announced out of the blue that she wanted me to take her to dinner. I swear it hadn't occurred to me she needed to get out for a change of scenery. I'm so used to working all the time. Her needs and wants in my existence consisted in providing an adequate variety of foodstuffs. She had found some of her mom's old clothes and she had left with me. She had found some of her mom's old clothes she had left with me, and I was amused to see her dressing primarily in matronly house dresses. <laughs> I thought over her request and decided we would take a trip. I hadn't been out of the house and away from the business much. I. <sighs> This is not well punctuated. I hadn't been out of the house and away from the business much for several months, and a change of scenery would do me good as well. The following morning, we drove into town, and Leanne spent the morning buying jeans, blouses, shorts, tank tops, halters, undergarments, and other needed clothing. We found a steakhouse we both thought sounded good and had a leisurely lunch before returning home. The following morning, we loaded our luggage in my plane, and we pointed the nose south for a much-needed vacation. As we flew along, I tried to start a conversation several times, which fizzled out after just a few words. I decided it wasn't that important, and concentrated on tweaking the autopilot and managing the fuel system, prop, and engine speed for optimum performance. I began to become aware that Leanne seemed to be staring at me, and finally I asked her, what was on her mind? Smiling at me, she asked, Dad, do you love me? I smiled back and said, why, yes, of course I love you. What prompted that question? A long silence ensued, and finally she said, you never tell me. In fact, we don't talk about us much. Why is that, Dad? Clearing my throat, I tried to give a suitable answer and realized there was none. Looking at her, I said, I haven't been much of a father to you, have I, Leanne? Unraveling my thoughts, I went on. I suppose I've done a very good job as a provider, but less than good job being a father. I was shocked to see a tear started to journey down her left cheek, and with a smile she replied, Oh, you've been a good dad. You just haven't been the kind of dad I need. I must admit my confusion was very apparent. Treading lightly, I asked, What kind of dad do you need, honey? Softly, she replied, Do you really want to know? 
to myself, I thought. Now what the heck does that mean? <laughs> to myself. To myself, I thought. Now what the heck does that mean? <laughs> God, we're almost at the end of chapter two. Come on. All right. To myself, I thought, now what the heck does that mean? Aloud, I asked, why don't you tell me, Leanne? And I'll see if I do. It's getting pretty hot, guys. And gals, whoever's listening. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Chapter three. There's four chapters, by the way. Don't worry, it's not that long. Thoughtfully, Leanne said, Dad, let me talk and explain without interruption, okay? Oh, that's convenient. I should do that when I write stories. Like, listen, don't answer, just let me talk. I got a paragraph I gotta say right now. I agreed. Pausing, Leanne began, Dad, I've loved you as long as I remember. I've also been in love with you as long as I can remember. I started to speak and remembered I had agreed to listen. I merely said, go on, honey. When mom and I lived with you, I wanted to be to you as mom was to you before the two of you began disliking each other. Pausing, she went on, I wanted to be the one sleeping in your bed, whispering in the dark to each other, telling each other secrets. Oh, that's the name of this story, right? A Daughter's Secret by Elegin Chadwick. With a queer voice, she continued, Most of all, I wanted to be the one in your arms, making love to you, thrilling you. Do you understand? Where is this, by the way? Kansas or something? How, is this the right accent? <laughs> I've never been there. I assume this is right. For the first time in my life, I had a slight desire to be dead! I kept thinking, oh my god, she's insane! She's stock raving nuts! To my utter consternation, she plunged on. Dad, I haven't thought of you as a parent for a long time. I see you as a man, a virile, handsome man, powerfully intelligent, nearly alone in your ability to fly planes. <laughs> no, I made that up. Powerfully intelligent, nearly alone in your ability to comprehend truly complex ideas. You can do things other men just dream about. You pilot a plane, travel all over the world, but you're gentle and loving in your treatment of others. You have charisma. And men as well as women have eyes that look on you with desire. <laughs> How old is this kid? Do you think this is really written by, written by a woman? Like, this could totally be a dude who just wants to use a female pen name. I don't know, it could go either way. My mind was in overload as she spoke. I barely remember her telling me how much she desired me and wanted to be in my arms at night. How her dreams of us consummated her waking thoughts, and I began to realize I was overwhelmed by her words, and frankly, I was speechless. On and on she spoke, and an odd thing began to happen. I began to evaluate her as a woman, instead of as my little girl. It was almost as if I had been wearing blinders, and for the first time I noticed the ripe swell of her breasts. Now that's a lie. This is the second time you notice the ripe swell of her breasts. The curve of her hips, 
tiny waist and broad yet feminine shoulders. Sunlight over her right shoulder shone through her honey blonde hair, forming a halo that seemed to glow of its own accord. I examined her brow, delicate nose that looked so much like mine, and as I gazed at her lips, realized how succulent they appeared. At the tender age of 15, she had become a woman while I wasn't looking, and the thought was devastating to me. This is the best story! Can you believe this was just hidden away on the internet? Oh man! I'll tell you how I found this one too. I guess I didn't. Uh, so the full white shadow thing, I couldn't find. Like, uh, like it had the list, but then you'd click on the stories, and they all 404'd. So this one, what is the URL of this? But this one, it's only the incest room that someone had. Uh, they call them rooms: the zoophilia room, the incest room, the whatever general room, the scat room. But uh, yeah, so this only has an archive of the incest rooms. Thank Christ, who knows what I would have clicked on. I might have missed this fucking amazing tale. We'd be listening to a story about shit eating or something right now. Uh, all right. <clears throat> My world was neatly tucked upside down. I, I assume it, uh, edit. It's supposed to be, my world was nearly turned upside down. No, neatly's better. I'm going to take it again. Take it back. My world was neatly turned upside down, and to my embarrassment, I became aware a bulge had begun to appear in my slacks. My flight slacks. Leanne noticed also, and wordlessly extended her hand to caress my tumescent member- uh, Alright, get out. I thought your other flowery writing was funny, but don't write tumescent member. That's fucking- that's retarded. Caress my two-mesent member through my slacks. Her touch was as if electricity had coursed through my hard cock. How <laughs> do you go from two-mesent member to hard cock? And it was one sentence. Nice work. I hadn't been with anyone for several months. Though I was only dimly aware at first, I saw her unbuttoning her blouse and releasing the catch on her bra between her breasts. Two golden tanned globes tipped by generous pencil eraser-sized nipples sprang forth. Releasing her seat restraint, Leanne leaned toward me as she unzipped my trousers and insinuated her hand inside to retrieve my straining dick. <laughs> that dick has a capital D for some reason. That must be the name of his dick. His dick. The sensation nearly caused me to ejaculate. But somehow I managed to hold back. Suddenly the cool, moist feel of her lips engulfed my throbbing member and I held my breath as Leanne began moving up and down from tip to base. Though I was gasping for air, I felt her mouth release my cock and looked at her pleadingly. Smiling softly, Leanne said, Don't worry, Thomas. In case you were curious, this guy's name is Thomas. Thomas Landford. Don't worry, Thomas. I intend to suck you dry. But first, I wanted you to know that I love you. And I'm yours to do with as you desire. 
bending over to retake my hard cock. I reveled in the feeling she gave me as I felt the cum making my nuts rock hard. Alright, it is a girl that wrote this, because cum doesn't make your nuts rock hard. As I felt the cum making my nuts rock hard and my dick, capital D, began to swell helplessly. Began to swell hopelessly as I felt the semen making a dash into her mouth. <laughs> dash, fellows. Dash into her mouth. Honestly, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Semen making a dash. I like that. Nothing I had ever felt before felt as it did as my daughter sucked and swallowed my cum down her beautiful throat. He's still expertly flying this plane, by the way. All the gears and mechanisms are tip-top. Could not be more perfect. Chapter 4 Landing at the New Orleans airport, Leanne straightened her clothing and wordlessly we went through the maneuvers ground control put us through before we parked and shut the aircraft down. The two of us held hands as we made our way to the Avis counter, where I had a reservation for a car. I'd become a member of a club specializing in vacation resorts and the condominium was plush to the point of being absurd. But we managed to stifle our laughter until we closed and locked the door. Leanne lost little time figuring out how the drapes over the windows and sliding glass door worked, and soon fresh open air wafted in. God. Every sentence is the longest sentence ever written in this goddamn story. This is the end, though. This is chapter four. This is the big denouement. Leanne lost little time figuring out how the drapes over the windows and sliding glass door worked, and soon fresh ocean air wafted its way into our room. Walking to the stereo system, Leanne found some very beautiful instrumental music and with a sigh, lay down upon the sofa laying curiously. I stood for a moment looking at her, taking in her beauty and still wondering how I had missed her being a woman. Conscious I was staring, Leanne unbuttoned her jeans and began scooting them down over her hips. Her panties were pulled down as well. The sight of her golden thatch and the delicate pink of her nether lips presented themselves to my gaze. Crossing the room, I helped her remove her jeans and panties as Leanne put one leg on the back of the couch and the other fell to the floor as she raised her hips slightly to present her pussy to my gaze. I suddenly realized I had moved my face within a fraction of the space between her lips and hardly realizing, pressed my tongue against her now swollen pussy lips and began running my tongue up and down a slit, pausing only briefly to suck her clit on each stroke. Oh, Thomas. Oh, honey, don't stop, honey. My beloved, please make me come, she moaned. <laughs> As I suckled her clit and insinuated my finger inside her hot quim. Now, here's a question. I think this reminds me a lot of this British story, because there's all this Britishy shit in this story. So why would it take place in, like, Montana or whatever? It's very weird. Her body tensed and the cheeks of her bottom clenched as she orgasmed. Oh, God, God, I'm coming. You're making me come, darling. Oh, shit, I'm coming, <laughs> <laughs> my hard cock leapt within the confines of my slacks as I shit, 
My hard cock leapt within the confines of my slacks as I hurriedly dropped my trousers and found a condom I had put in my luggage. Convenient. Although I hadn't thought I would be using it on my daughter, I was delighted when she took it from my fingers and hurriedly opened it to slide it down over my aching cock. Oh, honey, she cried. Please put it in. Hurry, honey. I want you inside me, darling. I want to feel that big giant all the way inside my pussy. Pressing the head of my cock against her slit, I felt her press back to help me get inside. The lips of her pussy opened and I popped inside and had to stop. Too tight. She was really wet and I could feel her pussy moving inside of its own accord, but I couldn't get it any farther in than the swollen purple glands. Wow, I thought this was the denouement. This is the climax, man. Leanne said, don't stop. Push it in. God, I need it so bad. And with that, she pulled my hips to help me go deeper. Locking her legs behind my thighs, she strained and puffed. Oh, God, I want it inside. Don't worry about hurting me. Just push it in. Don't worry about it. Put it inside. <laughs> Still, I strained. And then, wonder of wonders, she began to relax, and slowly, very slowly, my throbbing cock began to go inside a fraction of an inch each time she thrust against me. Merciful period. Her soft, velvety, contal channel gripped my throbbing cock tightly as I slowly plunged inside. Finally, I found my cock had stopped at her hymen having nearly as much outside wanting to go inside. She panted. Wait, wait, I'll be ready in a second. Mm, God, that feels good, Thomas. Oh, fucking, you will be so good. Suddenly she pulled my ass closer, and with a pop, I felt her hymen give away. Leanne screeched, oh, God, that hurts. I wanted to withdraw, and she stopped me. Wait a minute, she said. Give me time to get used to it. It's beginning to feel good again, honey. I said, I have an idea. Wait a minute. I'll be right back, dear. Hurrying into the bathroom, I found a small bottle of Vaseline and returning put a goodly amount inside her pussy lips and swabbed it generously over my cock. You know, maybe it is someone from England that wrote this, but they figured the only way to make a convincing incest story is to set it in the hillbilly United States. That kind of checks out. No inbreeding in England, I'll tell you that. Where the fuck was I? Once again, I placed the head of my cock against her pussy lips and found the go-gay weight. I put a goodly amount... Found a small bottle of Vaseline and returning, put a goodly amount inside her pussy lips and swabbed it generously over my cock. Kneeling down between her thighs once again, I placed the head of my cock against her pussy lips and found the going easier than before. Maddeningly slow, my cock began going deeper until she cried out, Oh, darling, I feel you against the back of my pussy. God, you're filling me up. Oh, honey, make me come. Don't stop stroking me. I began slowly long-stroking her pussy as we kissed deeply, and with each stroke the fluids from her tight pussy helped to lubricate, and the Vaseline made the going easier. With each stroke, Leanne met my thrust with one of her own. After several minutes, I sensed and felt her pussy walls beginning to spasm tightly against my now rock-hard cock. 
She breathlessly said, Oh, darling, I'm going to come now. It's so close. Deep fuck me, honey. Give me that... For breathlessness, she said... You can't say this many things if you're breathless. It's so close. Deep fuck me, honey. Give me that awesome cock. All of it, beloved. Oh, God, 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 I'm coming. I'm coming. Ah. At the same instant, I felt my balls draw up and semen involuntarily rush out the end of my cock, filling the rubber until I thought I would faint. We collapsed together, and Leanne murmured, I love you, darling. I replied, I love you too, my precious one. With a sexy smile, she said, Honey, I'm ready for another fuck. You ready? I laughed and said, yes, dearest, I am. The next two weeks were like a dream. The last few years have seen her grow into a mature, beautiful companion and lover. I hope it can go on forever. End. This story is fictitious. Any resemblance to anyone living or dead is purely coincidental. E. Chadwick at Hotmail.com Alright, well that was a waste of everyone's time. I apologize. Uh, see you again next episode. KeithCourage.com for more episodes of this podcast, which are not at all like this one. Goodbye. If I didn't care Honey child, more than words can say. If I didn't care, would I feel this way? Darling, if this isn't love, then why do I thrill so much? And what is it that makes my head go round and round while my heart just stands still so much if i didn't care would it be the same would my every prayer begin and end with just your name and would i be sure Would all this be true if I didn't care?